Yeah, I totally love that intro. I know you do too. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kingdom 101 Relationships. I am Pastor Lundzine Lee. You all know that. This is the Wednesday night Bible study for Astounding Love, a global church fellowship. And I want to thank my sister friend, apostle friend, Jennifer Foster, for this really groovy <laughs> intro which she found for me. So that was a lot of fun. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to open up in prayer. This is pre-recorded. You already know this, but you can still leave your comments and things because there will be uh, interaction. And I do want you to do that. So we will open in prayer and then we're going to pick up from the teachings from last week and see where it takes us as we get primed and ready for some of the guests that are going to be joining me uh, on live, uh, live broadcast. Father, I thank you for your love for us. And I thank you for being our father. Thank you, Jesus, for mending the bridge, uh, um, opening it up for us to be in fellowship with the father once more. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for the way that you lead us and teach us and guide us to do what we need to, to be able to truly manifest in this earth as sons of God. I'm yielding to you today to hear what it is that you have to say to, to us all. And that as we flow with this, there will be connection, divine connection for the hearers that have hearts and minds and uh, aspects of who we are open to receive from you. Make this a life-changing thing. That's what you always do. And I bless you and I praise you and I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. What I want to do today, and it's going to be as long as it's long but most likely within an hour. And I'm doing this early in the day. Actually, what happened is that I was uh, honored to teach on one of the Loving Unity Zoom meetings uh, this morning for the Southwest region. And so the conversation that we had had everything to do with living from that, our seated place and living from heaven into the earth. And as much as I would like to kind of take you all through a, a lot more of it than what I'm going to do. I want to stick with the notes that we had from last week. And I want to remind you of a homework assignment and the questions and things that we asked for. So one of the things that we were talking about was I wanted you to do the homework. And the answer to the question was, do you honestly believe that you are what God says that you are? We know we sing those songs. Of, I am who you say that I am. And then we live like we're not. We live aliens to what he says. And so this is for me, this is a very vital thing, uh, message to get across to those that are a part of our house, Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship, our friends, our family, and one another. This is fellowship of the saints, one with another. Do you honestly believe that you are what God says that you are? And if you do, you say, yes, oh yes, hey, I do. Then one of the questions that I want to ask you is, what does he say? What is it that you believe about yourself and, and you believe it so thoroughly that it is seen and others tell you that that's how you are? So do you live as though you are or are you trying to cover something or do something else? And those things were posted in the last broadcast. And I'm sure Minister Frederick will uh, most likely pull them out and bring them for you again. And one of the things so it was said to do the homework, answer the questions. And that I wanted you to post and contact me. I had maybe one, maybe two. I had at least one, possibly two people reach out to me and say, I'm going to messenger you uh, and did because this is I, I'm stuck and I need some help. And they got unstuck to my knowledge. So what I am going to say is. Do you need the help or are you you got it? You, you know, you got it. I personally am one of those ones. I need the help. And so I reach out to the, to the individuals that the father directs me to. You don't have to contact me, but reach somebody, somebody that you can walk in a connection with somebody that you can walk in agreement with that you would be willing to be accountable to and allow the word of God to penetrate the areas of your thinking, to saturate you with a a whole nother level of life. Uh, it's, it's just that important. It's really that important that we stop faking it or stop being pretenders and stop trying to act as though you're further ahead in, in the matters of the kingdom 
than you actually are. Because the problem is, is that if you try to fake this stuff, you're not going to be able to withstand the demonic onslaught that will challenge you. And scriptural reference for that, you would find in the book of Chronicles, the scripture says that David and Samuel, 2 Samuel, I believe it is, it said that David perceived that God had made him king over Israel. After all of this time, Saul is dead and, and David has assumed the throne. And then there came a moment as King David that he understood that the clarity and the position came to him that I am actually the king. And so all these years of being um, a mighty man, a warrior, a, 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 a soldier of fortune or what, however you want to describe him, he is now actually the leader of the country and the leader of the nation. And so this understanding brought with it responsibility, a weight that he had not known before, and a realization of the privileges, which we know later he kind of messed up a little bit here and there. But the enormity of the, of the truth, I am the king, that came to him. And so it talks about how then the Philistines challenged him. He had, you know, when he fought against them, when they went against them in the, in the trees and when they uh, did the things that God said, this is the way I want you to do it the first time, go up against them because I've given you the victory. And then the next time, nope, don't do it that way. I want you to do it this way. As the king, as the leader of the nation, what he did that was so powerful is that he sought the Lord and found out, how do I rule? What do you want me to do? And that's what he did. As the king, he recognized, I've got the authority that what I say goes for this nation. And so I need, in order to govern properly, I need to go to my source and I need to hear from him because God has kept his word and made me king, just as Samuel anointed him all those years before. He was able to withstand the onslaught of the adversary, the Philistines. He was able as king with the knowing that he was king, with no fakery about it, but being firmly established in identity and then being able, therefore, to yield to the ways of God. He was able to move in it and conquer and have his nation continue to conquer the enemy that had come against them. That's why we're saying, do not fake this. Do not be a pretender. Do not try to uh, act as though you're more mature spiritually than you are, that you are more aware spiritually than you, than you actually are. Because when those other things come against you, how are you going to handle it? How are you going to be mature? How are you going to stand? And those are things I, I think that we should ask ourselves to make sure, Lord, am I prepared for this? Am I as advanced in the things of, of your kingdom as I claim that I am? So do the homework. That's my uh, endorsement of that. And the next thing was a challenge that I gave to the ministers. And then we'll get into the rest because if I put the challenges and the questions and the assignment up front, then you're able to hear with the uh, with the idea in mind. This is part of the answer that I'm looking for. These are the things that I'm I'm going to need to know. And here uh, we talked, and the scriptures were the challenge I gave to the ministers that will be my guests. I believe it's on June first, uh, June first, two thousand and twenty-two will be the live broadcast for them. Um, so they will be on along with whoever it is that I send the invite to. They'll be coming along and you're listening for all of the teachings that have been going on since the last time you all appeared. And I want you then to answer this challenge. Be prepared for this. Do you allow God to express his joy or did you allow God to express his joy, his love and his desires into your lives on a level that pleases him? And I, I, I want to say something else to you. Please come prepared to be transparent. Don't give me opaque responses. Don't, oh, yes, well, you know, the Lord did this and, and it was really great the way God did this. If you're not able to be transparent, you're not ready to answer the question. And that's something that, you know, this willingness, if you're called to ministry, you don't have to give us the dirty laundry. You don't have to do all of that. But you do have to be willing to humble yourselves before the people. And the reason that we have to do that is because people are going to learn not just, they don't just learn from your mistakes, but they also learn from how do you, um, 
how do I say this? They learn from how you handle success. They learn from how you handle the victory and how you seek after God. What do you do when you've won the battle? What do you do when God has blessed you? He's expressed his joy. He's expressed his love. He's expressed his desires into your life on a level that pleases him. How do you, how do you know it was a level that pleased God? And you want to think about the way that he wants you to think, not your assessment or your judgment or your opinion. And so we will know the degrees of maturity we go from pro in the process of this we go from glory to glory we go from here a little to there a little and so forth so those are the things that are are you're not expected to be at the top of your not even going to say game but at the top level because we are ascending in in this in this aspect we are already in the seated place we are already in the heavenlies, in Christ, but we do not live every every moment of our lives as though we were seated in the heavenlies. And that's the, those are some of the areas where it pleases God to change the paradigm and to change the wineskin for us and to express the way that he wants to do things. Now, I'm also going to let y'all know, I have Crystal here. She's not live with me today. She's going to be with me on, I think it's the 25th. Um, It'll be two weeks from today. So the 25th, she will be live with me. But I have her here also. Um, we do a one-on-one -on -one Bible study. And this today is going to be her Bible study. And But she's asking questions. And so we're interacting. And I'm including you in it. And then we'll bring her on camera for the next time. We, we weren't prepared for that today. It was kind of impromptu. But one of the questions that she's asking before I go into it uh, more is how do we get the motivation to be and to do what we, we believe God is calling us to do? to be and to do. And I think that's a great question. I'm going to give me as I go through this, I think that we'll answer it. And if I haven't answered it, then ask me, uh, you know, you know, let me know. And then the other thing that she says is knowing that this is what I should want, but I find a lack of motivation to actually move in it. And I'm going to ask those of you that are watching this, that are interacting in the comments, is that a is that something that you would also find. Uh, and I'll see, actually, these questions will be able to be posted because Minister Frederick will have them. But again, knowing that this is what I should want, I should want to be motivated. I should want to move in the things of God. I should want to live from the place that he said, but, but I find a lack of motivation to actually move in it. Okay, that's great. So let's tackle that. And it's perfect because it aligns with what we're talking about. So y'all got the homework, you got the idea of the questions. And if you didn't, then just play it back and hear it again and you'll have it. All right. So I'm going to answer, answer the question with a question and then we'll, you'll see how these things blend together. The question I've asked, I've asked this before, does God have the relationship with me that he wants? Now, much of the time we know that the answer is no. And I, I meant to answer one other thing here. Uh, when we were talking about uh, the challenge and your homework, that your homework was to take a good look at where you're faking it and to learn how to put a stop to it because it's not going to do you any good. All right. And so then are you really as strong in faith as you say? And the answer is typically no, you're not. And then are you really as weak in faith as you believe? And the answer to that is actually no, you're not as weak in faith as you believe. And then again, yes, you are as weak in faith as you believe because you're going to keep out of the abundance of your heart. Your mouth is going to speak. And if you really have those kind of doubts and you really walk in that kind of unbelief, then you're going to manifest that. And so you have made something true that is actually a lie. You have made it a truth for your life because you keep reinforcing your weakness in faith. And you, there comes a day that you have to draw a line and say, that's the last time that I choose to live at this low level because you're not called to it. You're living from your senses, from the earthly, the sensual, the devilish, which you read about in the book of James. And so you and I have the power of decision. It's up to us to determine if we're going to continue in that or if we're going to move into something else. And so one of the ways that Apostle Baker would put it is you're just being lazy. I think that's about how she says it. So how many parts of your life do you have to hide from other people? 
Now that's calling for exposure. And remember, I just said that the ministers, I'm expecting a different level of transparency. And what, how many parts of your life do you have to hide from people? I don't want them to know this. I don't want them to know that. We're not talking about all of your personal business. There are certain things about me that I feel are nobody's business. If I, if I don't want to share it, if I have intimacy with you and I want to let you know about it, great. I'm not ashamed of anything that's going on in my life. Thank you, Jesus. But I don't, I don't have this idea that I am a public commodity and that everything about me needs to be known. However, here's the thing. In ministry, when the spirit of the Lord calls for an exposure of something, when he calls for us to share aspects of what, what is personal and sometimes painful, uh, has been painful, it's because there's a deliverance that is necessary for me and for whoever it is that I've released it to. I get freer when I release what he wants. Uh, it's not just giving out all your business, too much information. But it's what he wants to use because he's saying in your process, I've brought you through to a place where now this can be released so that others are able to hear how I have taken you through and broken you through. God, David says in, in that same passage I was talking about, God has broken through my enemies by my hand. He has become the Lord of the breakthrough. He is the Lord that broke me through, but he worked through me to get it done. Some things he just does for you and some things he does through you. He's still doing it for you, but he does it through you. Some of our deliverances come through others and part of testimony can be a breakthrough for someone else. So how many parts of your life do you feel that you have to hide from people? And what, what do you tiptoe around? What do you make people uncomfortable around you? You will not allow them to see you being transparent. And, and so they have, if anybody has ever said, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells around you. Well, then you're trying to control a situation and you're not being transparent. And that's something that I advise going back to the spirit of the Lord and saying, I, I need to give this to you because there's something wrong. When, when I make people uncomfortable because I am not comfortable in my own skin, then there's a, there's a stronghold there that needs to be broken. I'm being held in bondage. And um, when, um, when I do those things, and if you truly choose freedom, not just talking about it, I hear a lot of people shouting the freedom song, but they're just as bound as, as, as uh, you know, as a mummy. Okay. All tied up and uh, they need to be made free. How much anger do you still hold? You need to know that. And see, this is answering the questions. These things here will uh, crowd out your motivation to be obedient to God or to even pursue God. However much of the earthly, sensual, and devilish you allow to anchor you to your soul, anchor you to the past, anchor you to your emotions, anchor you to how you feel. You're not going to live from the spirit. And that means you're not living as a, a spirit that is seated in the heavenlies. You are living as an earth bound, earthly, sensual, devilish, individ influenced individual. And so you get to decide when you want the frogs to be gone. You get to decide how free you actually want to be. So um, how, do, how many people do you look at and you dismiss them? That's what cut with your eyes is talking about. You look at them and go, oh, you're non-essential. You're a nobody. You're a nothing. I, I don't even have respect for the things that you have to say. Or uh, because of the things that are going on in the inside of you, you hold somebody else in contempt. The Bible tells us that you, that will cause you not to be fruitful because it talks about Michael, the wife of King David. She was the daughter of Saul. And when she saw her husband dancing before the ark, she despised him in her heart. She cut her eyes at him basically, and she dismissed him. And so what happened? She became barren. There was no fruit. There was no fruitfulness because she dried up. This ugliness of life, these ugly things of the soul, they dry up our fruitfulness. And thank God, for the for the love of God and for the flow of the blood of Jesus and for the forgiveness. We don't live in the season and the era and the time in which Michael and David were. We come from the place of the finished work of the cross of Christ. And so we have 
some opportunities here that we can we can meet this challenge not in our own uh, strength but knowing that the scripture says it's God who is all the while effectually at work in us energizing and creating in us both the power and the will to do for his good pleasure his satisfaction and his delight and that's the word that answers what you were what crystal was asking because you see it's not just me talking, talking, talking. What, what I've learned and what we are walking in is that no matter what your question is, God has a word for it. There is scripture. There is something from the word of God that actually will address every question that we have. And the awesome thing is he wrote it before we were even born. So I will go back to this last question and then keep pressing forward. Remember I asked, do you honestly believe that you are what God says that you are? And I said in my notes here, I said, I'll answer it for you in two parts. First of all, yes, you really are. Or yes, you really do believe that you are what God says that you are. And secondly, uh, was that you, but the question of, do you live as though you are? So yes, you are, but are you living it is what the challenge is. Are you living what he said? Uh, you living from, you are living from your belief. But which belief are you living from? And that's what we're going to have to find out. And it's place by place, intimate moment by intimate moment with the Holy Spirit. That's what scriptures here a little, there a little. It's intimate moments with him here and then intimate moments with him there. And where he's always revealing to us uh, what to do and, and how. So I want to look that scripture up because I believe that that's a great um it's a very, very great, if you will, landing place. And I quoted it from the Amplified Bible. Um, so I will just uh, do this real quick. Um, just use this one little word right here. And if there's questions, they'll be looking for those. And uh, I know Minister Frederick will be looking for those. And so we want we want to be able to address those. But I'm going to go to Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 12 and the other scripture I just spoke was verse 13. He says, therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed and it's in parentheses, it says my suggestions, it's commands really, um, as you have always obeyed. So now not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I'm absent. I want you to work out, cultivate, carry out uh, to the goal and fully complete your own sab salvation with reverence, awe, and trembling. Okay. I want you to, I'm going to, uh, he says, self-distrust with serious caution, tenderness, conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. In other words, he said, I want you to work this thing out. We're going to go back and look at this in another translation in a minute. Verse uh, 13, though, he said, but these things I'm wanting you to do, I want you to work this out. I want you to uh, work through this. I want you to walk in this, but not in your own strength. For it is God who is all the while effectually at working you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. So again, it comes back to, if it pleases the King, let it be. So I would say, and I'm going to come back to this question again, how do we get the motivation to be and to do what we believe God has called us to be and to do? You're going to have to submit to his will. We're going to have to say to him, you know what? I'm not motivated because I'm not submitted. I am being stubborn. I'm being my own person. I'm being independent. And this is not something that I want to do. So what I'm going to have to do, Father, is submit to you. I'm yielding to you. I'm going to relinquish my need to control and my need to walk in a, way, in a manner uh, towards you as though I have my act together and that I'm the person that can do everything, uh, you know, without you to please you, or I'm going to please you on my own terms. I'm going to please myself. And if you're satisfied with that, God, that'll be all right. See, all of those kind of things are in the back. That's It's a laziness. It's a, it's a refusal to change. It means that we're still thinking from the old, from the, from the dead man. We are not thinking from the life-filled mind of Christ. We have not entered into sonship. We are not walking as sons of God. We are walking as vagabonds, orphans, individuals that are on the outside. How do I know? Because now I'm going to get to something that I got to share in the Zoom. 
because the pleasure and delight of the father is not your highest priority. It's because I, uh, Jesus never faltered in saying, if it pleases my father, uh, if it pleases the king, it's the way Queen Esther had said it. But do you see that the focus, Mary, at the time that she found out that she could be, that the God's desire was to, to have her birth Messiah, she said, be it unto me as you have spoken. That is a submission. And it's actually truly saying, if it pleases the king for this to be, then that is what it shall be for me. And she, excuse me, she yielded to that. She submitted to that. So ask yourself, what are my unsubmitted areas? Why do you not want to be everything he says? And I would challenge my own thoughts with that. Wait a minute and, and get in the mirror and talk to myself and say, why don't you want to be what he said that that you you want to be? Um, why don't you? And now Crystal is making the other comment that she found herself in a position revealing her true feelings now. But then it seems as though I don't or haven't moved forward from that point. But let's go back to the scripture then. Let's look at Philippians 2 again. And what did he say? It's not in your strength. And you or I gauging, assessing, and judging whether or not God is doing what he's doing. Let's look at the principle that you find in Mark chapter 4, where it's said that the kingdom of God is like a man that has planted a seed and he waters it day and night, but he does, and then he goes to sleep. He waters it and then he goes to sleep. He waters it and he goes to sleep and he doesn't know how it's growing. He doesn't know what is taking place. He doesn't know that there's a death that precedes the life, that the seed, when it's planted, dies in the earth in order and changes the soil. And so that seed of desire, that seed of, of submission to God is changing the soil on the inside of you. That word that you allow to dwell in you on the inside, to dwell in you richly, it changes your inner self before the growth is actually seen. I, when I was on this call today, um, one of the things was that there were a lot of apostles that, uh, and, and prophets and well, fivefold. And, and so as they were there, there were a few of the apostles that have been watching me, my, my uh, spiritual father, my uncle, um, you know, all of these individuals that have known me and uh, some that have known me before I was ever a part of loving unity and some that have met me since then, but they remember when I started out and it's been less than a year. Let me just tell you about the supernatural power of the seed of the word of God. When less than, in, in less than a year, there's been a transformation. I was even told today that they see the transforming power of the word. It's not my transforming power, but that the word that we, Colossians 3.16, which is allow the word of God to dwell in you and to be, to saturate you, to have the abundance in you, to start moving in the places in you where you have been stubborn and where you didn't want to change and where you keep resisting it. I, I think I want it, but no, I don't want it because it's like somebody taking a splinter out. But I'm just going to keep saying yes anyway. That's the watering. I'm just going to keep submitting. And some days I do out of the 10 things that I feel that the Lord wants me to do. I got two. I got two. Woo, this is good. It was better. Yesterday I only had one. And last week I had zero. So I'm up to two now. Uh, and then the next day and the next day and the next day. And, you know, you think about, wow, there were so many things I wanted to say that I didn't say or so many things I want to share with people, but I, I don't share because. In the moment you got, you trust that you've spoken what he wanted you to repeat and to release. And then he'll give you the audience that he wants to hear the next part of it. But if you are, I'm just going to say Colossians 3.16 and you look it up, but it does say, let this word dwell. Or I like the uh, uh, this translation, mirror translation, give the clarity of God's conversation in Christ permanent residence in you. Allow this word to dwell in you richly, abundantly, saturated, fatly, like, uh, uh, you know, I'm thinking when I say fat, I'm thinking like the good stuff. Okay. Uh, the richness of a butter, the richness of, 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 um, uh, a sauce, uh, something that has so much flavor. It's so packed with it that you just feel the luxury of it. An excellent meal, an excellent conversation, something that you walk away so satisfied. It carries you for days. I'm still feeding off of this. I'm still enjoying this. I'm still basking in the pleasure of, of that moment with that release of God that gave me, uh, gave me more than, than, than even a physical, an intimate interlude with my spouse. This 
time with the spirit of God, it has carried me. This is what the word of God does. It comes to to intercourse with us and to leave. And, and what happens? A seed is released and that seed so saturates us that it's doing what? It's changing things. It's bringing a death to the way that we have been to start growing the desire on the inside of you, your submission to him, even when you don't feel it, even when you don't see it, but that submission to him starts to bring within you a change of the soil, a change of your internal ground. And then what? It starts to grow where you begin to be satisfied, where you begin to desire him greater. Desire for God grows on the inside of us, spirit to spirit connection. That's how it starts to do the things that it does. Okay. So um, I, I want you to, to take that again and, and look again at Philippians 2.13. I said I wanted to look at it in another version. So let's look at it and let's see what we have in the Passion Translation. And here it says, God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. Now, that's exactly the same thing that I got to say, and I had not read that. All right. But there he is. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. God does the work. What did Jesus say? It's my father in me. He does the work. Now, let me see one more translation here and then we'll move on because Crystal is um, chatting with me. So I have something else that I want to share with you. All right. This says here, discover God himself as your inexhaustible inner source. Wow. Did you hear that? Discover God himself as your inexhaustible inner source. He ignites you with both the desire and energy that matches his own delight. Now, see, that's intercourse. That's firing you up, getting you to the place that you want to interact with him. He does the courting. His word does the changing. Everything comes from it, it being from him to us, not, not just... Um, it's not something that we control. You want desire for God, tell him you want it. And then he'll take it from there. It's like he, he leads the dance and it is a slow dance. It's a beautiful romance. He leads it. He's the, he's, he's the bridegroom. Jesus is the bridegroom. We are the bride and he is the one that courts us. He's the one that supplies for us. He's the living word on the inside of us that stirs us. Remember God himself energizing us, creating in us both the power and the will. The, he effectually does this thing. He stirs up the desire. I, I can, I, I, in some ways, I would say if you are in that intimate um, marital relationship, that there are things that your spouse does that that when you are thoroughly in love and you're learning how to walk in forgiveness and, and the passion of God for each other, not the passion of the world, not the passion of the earth, not even just a physical passion, but the passion of God will heat up everything in the marriage. The communication will grow and, and, and all of the communications, all of the intercourses, whether they're physical intercourses, sexual intercourse, the true intercourse, which is the conversation back and forth. All of your conversations will be hot and fierce. Why? Because God is the one that can that you allow to stir the passion and your passion for him and your mate's passion for him, a like minded thing will cause a fusion in your house and a unity to a degree that it is a supernatural thing. And that, why? Because that's what he does with us spirit to spirit. People start, start living spirit to spirit instead of uh, natural to spirit or natural to soul or soul to trying to be from soul to spirit. You know, spirit takes preeminence. His word is spirit, his presence. He is that. And so he does all those things. And so she's asking also the transparent thoughts that we see people growing around us because they know the word, yet you feel still stuck. So these are thoughts, but yet it seems so real, which adds to the lack of desire. And then, um, so I would say, yeah, those thoughts are sin because you are comparing yourself with another human. You are not looking at the spirit. 
It's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of us. So when you look at what God is doing in somebody else and you sit there feeling left out, what kind of spirit is that? Orphan. You feel left out. You feel like it's only happening for somebody else. You don't feel like it's something that is a part of you or that you, you, you somehow you got the short end of the stick or, you know, you just don't have what it takes. All of those different things are not from God. And so that's where you start looking at the thoughts and you thinking, wait a minute, I can't recall any place in the word of God where that's the kind of thing that it says that that's how Christ was addressing himself. So when I look at these notes, it said the son of God never falters. He never quits. He never gives up on the father. He never doubts that it's going to turn out that the outcome is going to be according to what the father has led him to know. He lives from above. So you were seeing yourself. You're not, I'm going to say it this way. You're blind to who you are. You're not asking the Lord to open your eyes so that you can see you from his point of view. I have begun to really like the woman that I have been put in this earth to be. I've had this discovery. I have this little journal that I write in and I have been making these little discoveries. Uh, this is my little puppy journal. It was given to me by my sister friend. And, um, as I was looking into it, it was like the Lord was challenging me with the what ifs of my life, the things that he wants to do for me. And so I was like, well, what do I look like? And so all of a sudden it was like, I got to look through the lens of the father. Why? Because I'm seated in the heavenlies in Christ. And so I get the vision of God and I got to look at myself and suddenly it's like, I am nothing like I thought I was because the way I was thinking were not his thoughts. You remember Jeremiah 29? I know the thoughts I think towards you is what the Lord said. And so I got an opportunity. It's like, well, what are the thoughts that you think toward me? I am who you say that I am, but I don't know what you think <laughs> about me. So let, it's okay, Chris, you can laugh. Um, so I have to, you know, I've got to try to find out, well, well, what, you know, what, what does that mean exactly? Right. You know, so, um, how am I truly manifested in the earth, Father? What do I look like as a finished work? Um, what do I look like as a transformed original intent person? And so as I've started to kind of go into that more, then what is happening is what are my thinking patterns like without you? And what are my thinking patterns like when I allow the mind of Christ to work? What kind of boundaries do I have? Trust issues do I have? And why do I have issues? You see, because these are not the issues of life. These are not the things that flow from my belly flow out of, out of, out of me should come the issues of life life abundantly, not the life of the world, but the Zoe life. So why do I have trust issues? What is it that I, you see, he can answer that for you because you'll look at the word and all of a sudden you understand because you have a fear of man. Fear of man is a snare and you care about what people think. You care about this or you care about that. And it's like you care about that more than you care about pleasing the king. For us, in our, our ministry, we know that one of the hallmark of scriptures is uh, Matthew 6, 33. To seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It can also be out of Luke, but to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things shall be added. Well, this means kingdom first means I think first according to the way that the father thinks. And that has to be my source. That has to be my only place where my thoughts about myself will come from. When you start seeing this thing, then this word that you were allowing to dwell in you richly, it starts changing you. <laughs> Sometimes whether you really want it to or not, it's like, well, I didn't know that I was going to commit to that, you know, exactly. But, but it's like, but okay, I, you know, I'm in because I'm not coming out of this. I'm in, it's all in. That's a decision that was made. And then the spirit of the Lord on the inside, you know, it shifts from me thinking, well, you know, I'm, I carry the spirit of God, which I do. But I cease to be simply a carrier of, of, the, of the presence of God and I become the property of him. And so that means he comes first. He makes the primary decisions and I go in the flow of what he has established instead of always tugging on him, trying to get him to do what I want him to do. Uh, let me explain what I mean. 
The Bible says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but no place in the word of God does it say that the spirit of the Lord is our servant. It does not say my body is the hotel where the Holy Spirit gets to come and visit on occasion. And it also does not say I am the owner of this vessel and the spirit I let the spirit of God come, come on occasion, you know, when I'm, when I'm ready to be doing a little holy thing, but the rest of the time I live my life the way I want to. And so the more that you submit and yield, all of a sudden you realize who takes the lead and you follow him because my trust issue was, I don't know if you're going to take me someplace where I want to go. I don't know, you know, what you're going to do with me. And I'm saying to God, I don't know that you're going to give me the outcome that I desire. But when you let go of wanting your desire and instead live from the position of if it pleases the king, then I'm going for it. Wow. The trust issues leave because I am his and I hear his voice and I know when he's talking to me. And if somebody else says something, his awareness becomes my awareness instead of me just trying to figure stuff out. I become aware because he tells me. No, that's a predatory thing. No, that's a liar. No, that's this. Or yes, that's me speaking through that vessel. Yes, that's the answer to the word that I gave you before. And you know, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger, they do not follow. Suddenly, because I'm so used to him doing the, the, the bulk of the talking or giving the instruction and telling me what he wants. Oh, he pours out his desires to us. And you know what? I can share all this with you. And I find myself longing. I, I don't have enough of this. I don't have enough of this. I got to get more of this, Lord, because this is marvelous. But I don't think I'm living at the level yet, you know, um, but it's coming up in me, isn't it? It's coming up first, the, the blade. This is what, let's go over to Mark 4. And Crystal, if this is answering you, let me know. Um, but again, uh, first the blade, he said. So it, let's go to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to look at the parable of the sower. And um, what he said here, when he said, um, and I love verse 11. Okay. Uh, he said, verse 8, some of the seeds fell into good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. How come the soil is rich? Because you let the word of God dwell in you richly. That's why. And it changes the nature of the soil. Remember that? You have to read through all of this and we'll talk about it sometime. Um, but he said, uh, I'll go. Okay, I'll just read it. Yes, sir. All right. Starting in Mark chapter two, uh, Mark chapter four, verse two. It says he taught them many things by using parables to illustrate uh, spiritual truth saying, consider this, a farmer went out to sow seeds or in King James, a, seed, a, a sower went out to sow. And as he cast his seed, some of it fell along the beaten path and soon the birds came and ate it. See, that's on the earth. Um, other seeds fell into gravel with no topsoil and the seeds quickly sprouted since the soil had no depth. Why? Because it's from the soul. But when the days grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Yes, because they're rooted in the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions. Other seeds fell among. See, the seed is intended to be planted into the spirit, into the heart. All right. Other seeds fell among the thorns. So when the seeds sprouted, so did the thorns, crowding out the young plants so that they could produce no grain. Those are your thoughts. Thinking in the same way as you've always thought, not taking on the mind of Christ. Some of the seed fell into good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. And it's going to fall into the places where you've allowed the word to dwell, where you've already allowed the word to have place in you and to start to do some changing. And so then they said some yielded 30, some 60, and some even 100 times as much as was planted. And then he said, if you understand this, I love this in this passion translation. He says, if you understand this, verse nine, then you need to respond. Now, that's a powerful statement right there. If you understand this, then you need to respond. If you don't understand this, then you need to ask him some more questions, which is what his disciples did. They're like, uh, can you explain this to us? Okay. See, they, they didn't mind asking. So when Jesus and his disciples and those close to him remained behind to ask him about his parables, it says, verse 11, he said to them, this is it. He said, the privilege of intimately knowing the mystery of God's kingdom realm has been granted to you but not to the others where everything is revealed in parables. So I have given you an understanding of the mysteries that I speak of. He said, for even when they see what I do, they will not understand. And when they hear what I say, they will learn nothing. Otherwise they would repent 
and be forgiven. If they heard is what he's saying, then they would repent and they would be forgiven. He was not saying, I'm trying to keep them out. They're not hungry for this. They don't want this. They want me to solve everything, but they don't want to do anything. And so you don't want to be lazy that way. It's like, he's not going to, he's not going to speak a few words over you and say, presto change and you change. Transformation comes because you stay in the process. You don't step out of it. All right. Um, if you want more on that, by the way, uh, I'll just do a plug. I've been doing a um, online, we call it the virtual book club. And I am with a, a team of women that were have been reading through the book called The Prophecy, The, Pro um, the Process and the Promise by Dr. Don Hughes. And and so uh, within that, we've talked about the process and we in, this coming Saturday, it's been it's been airing um, every other week. And there's only four the fourth session. We're finishing up the book. But then we give testimonies about some of the ways that the changes have come. And so I, I would I would recommend that. And I'm sure that Minister Frederick will post uh, the link for that. It's on my Dominion Unlimited page. And so I really suggest that you that you do something with that um, and, and take a look and you'll understand more about what I'm talking about, about the process. You've got to stay in it. You cannot get out of it. You cannot run away from it. You cannot decide, I quit. I don't want to go through this. You're going to have to stay. And he is your staying power. So wherever the word of God has been allowed to penetrate and has been allowed to grow, that's where the seeds that are planted are going to grow. They're going to be cultivated. And so you have to keep letting this word dwell, keep letting that word dwell and you keep letting that word change you. I want this word to change me. I am hungry for this. I will submit to it again and I submit to it again and I submit to it again. That's how you stand. You submit to what he's saying. I will obey you. I'm going to obey you. I choose to obey you. Even when you're not obeying, I still choose to obey you and I still choose because your words are creating anchors that are connected to those seeds and it's allowing the word to dwell because you keep giving it place even when your feelings are battling you, when your emotions are battling you, when you're still seeing yourself through the eyes of the world and you're not looking at yourself through the eyes of God, the word is doing the work in you. And then, then what did he say? That when it falls everywhere else, it falls. Some of those seeds, it falls in places where it gets devoured, where it gets taken, but not all of it. There are some of it that has been sown in the right places in your spirit. And they are going to take root because your words will water it. You keep saying, I'm going to stay with this. That's watering the seed. I'm going to stay with this. I submit to you again and again. I do, I feel tired, but I'm going to rest. I, I I'm choosing you again in the midst of all the craziness of my mind. I am still going to choose you. That's how it works. It's the process of it. Stick with it anyway. You stick with it anyway and stop condemning yourself. When these thoughts come, well, I just don't measure up. I don't measure up. It's a lie <laughs> because Christ is the one that, that, that we're, the full measure is him. And so, no, he dwells on the inside of you. You are changing. It's like being on a weight loss program. I am a witness. And, you know, you do it and you do it and you do it and it works and it works, but it's not working fast enough for you. And so what do you do? You get off of it and you start trying to fix it and tinkle. Uh, yeah, tinkle. That's a good word for it. It's not potty, but it's the other thing. You know, you're trying to tinker, not tinkle. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you tinkering with it. I'm going to just, this, let me just tweak it a little bit and you mess the thing up. And then all of a sudden you go in the opposite direction from what you were, you know, I was doing well, getting out of debt. I was doing well, doing this. I was doing well, doing this. And then I decided I was going to, it's just going too slow for me. I'm going to try to just rev it up a little bit and you mess it up. And so what did you do? You messed it up. So what do you do? You go back to him and go, I messed it up. He says, yes, I know that. Okay, well, I, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm going to, I'm repenting. I'm changing course. I'm, I'm, I'm changing back. I'm going to let go of that stuff and I'll get back on course. And he's been waiting for you. So he takes you on. And now that lesson that you learned through the heart, you, you know, God does not take you through the school hard knocks, but some of us, we, we get knocked up anyway, knocked down. Okay. I'm totally messing my metaphors up. <laughs> well, maybe we should get pregnant with it, but uh, anyway, um, we mess it up, but he fixes it when we bring ourselves back and say, I was being prideful, independent, rebellious, um, all of these different things. And man, don't stew in that. Or woman either, don't stew in Oh, I'm just so rebellious. Oh, I'm just, you know, it's like, okay, yes, that was a moment. 
but the eternity in, in the long stretch of eternity, that is not my identification. That's not who I am. Actually, I'm an obedient son. I have to be because Christ is in me and I'm going to live from the place of being the obedient son. And so the, the actually what the works of the cross, the work that Christ did, the work of his blood, it has already forgiven me. So you stop walking in unforgiveness toward yourself as well as toward others because you've already been forgiven. So um, staying in the process, you've got to do it. That's what Chris says. Wow, is that the problem? Yeah, that's the problem because you have to, how do you stay in the process? You make a decision and then you keep watering it every day. I'm staying with it. It hurts. It hurts. It really hurts. I'm staying. It hurts. It hurts. We'll be growing. Yeah, I know, but I don't like to grow this way. I wanted to grow this way. Nope, you're not in charge. That's right, I'm not because my body is the temple of Holy Spirit. I'm He's the Lord. He's the owner. I'm the I'm 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 not even the renter. He allows me to live here for free. So you know, he paid for he paid for everything. So you have to keep going. So there here, verse 18. The seeds sown among thorns represent those who hear the word, but they allow the cares of this life, see the thoughts, and the seduction of wealth and the desires for other things to crowd out and choke the word so that it produces nothing. So it's, it's just in the wrong places. The word is to be sown in your heart, spirit to spirit. It's your spirit that's absorbing it. And then start to let the rest of the body know, hear ye, hear ye. Let me serve notice to you, mind, will, emotions, and the rest of you body. Y'all ain't in charge. <laughs> the word of God is in charge. We have one source, one Lord, one God, one faith, one baptism, one. And it's not everything else that it's always been. It's not going to be the restaurants. It's not going to be the credit cards. It's not going to be other people. It's definitely not going to be the opinions of other people, especially not my opinion. It's going to be his word. I'm going to see myself through his lens and I'm going, I'm craving that. And I like, she's gorgeous. He's handsome. I want to be this person. They're so filled with joy. They're so filled with this. And it's not the fake stuff. It, they have truth. They have something to offer. And this is who you made all of us to be. And so I've decided that's who I'm going to be because that's real. And I don't know how to be that yet, but you know how to be that. And so you'll be it in me. So then when he said this, he says, when he talked about how the seed was, and he talked about these things will be seen. There's nothing hidden, verse 22, that it won't be disclosed. And there's no secret that won't be brought out into the light. So let's just get all the dirty stuff out because that just means it's time for it to be clean. And so then when he said, um, here's what I want to go to Mark 4, 26, and then we're about ready to end it. It says, Jesus told them this parable, God's kingdom realm is like someone spreading seed on the ground. He goes to bed and gets up day after day and the seed sprouts and grows tall, but he doesn't know how it happened. That's what's happening to you. That's what happens to me. That's the transformation in process by itself. The seed, the seed sprouts and the soil produces a crop. Why? Because the word has been dwelling in you richly changing the condition of your soil as the wherever the word of God is ruling in us. It can bring about the harvest that pleases the king. And so we keep letting these words that he said uh, uh, come in. Oh, well, it's easy for you. Shut it up. Because that's not what God says. He says that the impossible things are possible with him. And since you're in him, the impossible is possible. You got to tell yourself that. Well, I don't see how this is going to happen. Well, that's because you're looking through your eyes instead of looking through his. He sees how it's going to happen. So look, take another look. Open my eyes to see it the way you see it. And you know, well, I need to understand how it works. No, you don't. You need to obey. You just need to obey. Understanding comes, but you don't make that a condition of obedience because that's called rebellion. And actually, it's called stupid. Dull, you're in the dark. No, turn the light on. You go, oh, what was I thinking? You know, trying to tell God how to how to rule me. No, knock it off. All right. Last thing. It's like, oh, thank God. I thought she was going to go less. Yes, you did. Okay. All right. So, so you go to bed. It says, by itself, it sprouts. Verse 28. And the soil produces a crop, first the green stem, then the head on the stalk, and then the fully developed grain in the head. That's one way it says King James read it differently. He says, then when the grain is ripe, he immediately puts the sickle to the grain because harvest time has come. That's when you start reaping the benefits. That's when transformation starts happening. That's when miracles flow through you on a level that, you know, you can get the topical stuff. But we're talking the stuff from the inside. We're talking about the transformation that happens that you look in the mirror and go, who is that? Oh my God, is that me? That's the me that I've always been that I never knew about. And that's what I want you to understand is that 
It's the manifestation of who he is in you that brings about the genuine original intent of God. Since it began with him and he's also in the middle, he brings it to the end. The good work that he began, he brings to completion, not the work you began, not the work I began, the good work that he began, he will bring to completion. And so those are the things that I have to say to you. Uh, next week, I have a guest, Miss um, Geneva um, Hollis is going to be Geneva uh, Hollis Neves. Forgive me, Jenny, um, is going to be joining me. And we're going to talk about some different things. I'll actually give you a heads up again. So Jenny is going to be with me on the 18th. Krista will be with me on the 25th. We're going to do live. And then I have the live one. So it's be three live in a row on June 1st. And that will be with the ministers. And um, we will have all of those lovely uh, conversations. You're going to pull from these things that I've been talking about right now. You're also going to pull from, I'm talking to the ministers. You will pull from the conversation that I'm going to have with Jenny next week. And you will pull from the conversation that I have with Crystal the following week. And then we're going to all come together and we're going to have the dialogue that we have. Holy Spirit will tell me who's coming to the, the conversation. And it is actually that June 1st one is on the weekend of uh, the Loving Unity National Convergence. So I'll actually be coming live at y'all from um, Southern California. So, uh, but we're going to do it and we're going to break through and you're going to have testimonies about things that God has done on the inside of you that take you far from the usual stories that people tell. People give the same testimony over and over and it's like, well, then it, it and it didn't stick. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation. But I want you to understand that you are a son. You are the son of God. According to Romans 8, you find that scripture. You start meditating. It's like, Pastor, you're giving us way too many things to meditate on. No, I'm not. Holy Spirit's on the inside of you and he knows exactly how to take us to the places that he wants. So and he knows how to, you know, to say what he wants. So that's all I have. Uh, let, me, let me finish that. He knows how to say what he wants to say to us. He knows how to release the truth to us and in us and through us. And then he also knows how to break us through and bring us through. You're in line for breakthrough love. That's where we are going with this. We're going to the, to the place where we keep pushing and allowing this person that we had never even considered being other than to be able to fake it with their imagery. But this is the image of God in you, the original intent of the father in terms of you being who he created you, who he deployed you to the earth to be. It is possible to be everything that God said, and you will no longer Believe the lie that you cannot be, that this is too good to be true. If it's the goodness of God, it is true. And that's going to be the place that you start living from, from the heavens into the earth. And, and, and we'll continue this dialogue and so forth. But since it's Wednesday, I also want to remind you that we're receiving the tithes and the offerings. And I'm sure all of that is also going to be us uh, scrolling through. But I just want to let you know, these are the ways that you give. You can give by mail to the P.O. box. You can do through the cash app, uh, through PayPal and through Zelle. And we want to thank you for your love and support. The tithes, the offerings, the alms, the seeds, whatever it is that you want to plant. You please uh, go ahead and feel free to do that now and to release it. And so we're receiving those. And that's to the congregation that I'm talking to, to the Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship people, because this is the Wednesday night Bible study. And also to those of you that are watching that you say, hey, I'd like to sow a seed too. Well, we we receive it and we pray for all of you. We release the bounty. We release the returns. We release the will of God into your life. You can't pay for a prayer. You don't pay for a blessing. You don't do all of that, but you do obey the spirit of the Lord and you can make trades and you can do a whole number of different things asking him, how does this kingdom finance work? And again, the First place it works is the wealth of the word. We have this treasure in these earthen vessels. This beautiful, beautiful word of God is what we have. And I want to encourage you to allow that word to do what it is to do in you. Write your questions. They'll bring them to my attention if I don't happen to uh, see them for myself. I'm traveling uh, tomorrow, going down to a training um, in Pomona, California. I don't have uh, that information here, but I'm sure that um, you'll be able to watch the streaming where Apostles um, 
Barry Cook and Apostle Eddie Maestas are going to be teaching on training. These are things that we need for ministers. It's a minister's type of training, but the information will be there. It will be streamed to my understanding and you'll get an opportunity to participate. And then also uh, just for your information in June, uh, there is the Loving Unity Convergence. It's June 2nd through the 4th. And that is also down in uh, Pomona, California, or Ontario, California. So you can go to www.love-unity.org to get the information uh, that is, is necessary for you to, I think they're going to be closing registration soon. Registration is free and you're able to just simply sign up and, um, and do, you know, sign up and register for that. And then the hotel information, I think they're going to be closing that up soon. And they need the registration to have the head count for the lunch and all those type of things. Apostle Baker will be there. Uh, we're going to be there. And many of, I believe, the folks from the ministry. And so those are the things that I, I want you to let you all know. We encourage you to grow. I encourage you to reach out to me to make your comments in, in, in the, um, the comment section or messenger me through Facebook. You're welcome to do that. If I don't know you, then it lets me know that somebody's trying to contact me and I get to um, find out who you are and, and, and be able to answer your questions that way. And if you do know me and you're on Facebook, then go for it. If you're watching this through um what is it, YouTube or however it is, you can still get in touch because the contact information for the ministry is also available. And I'm sure that a minister Frederick uh, does that. So again, when I was talking about loving unity, that's where the information on the upcoming national convergence, June 2nd through the 4th, um, and the registration is free. So just wanted to let you all know that. Uh, these are my little last things to say um, that you can also get the contact information for how to get in touch with us. We're Astounding Love, a global church fellowship. Minister Frederick Johnson has no doubt put all of this information there. And um, we just want to let you know how much we love you. We appreciate you. Again, get in touch, write your comments, ask your questions. Do not sit and stew and refuse to grow. I am Pastor Lanzine Lee. I love you with God's astounding love. This has been Kingdom 101 Relationships. We have been talking about relationships with God, with ourselves, and with one another. I love you with God's astounding love, and I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.